chapter number 3. We're going to start reading verse 12. From the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 3. And we're going to start reading with verse number 12. Thank God for all the praise, all the worship. His grace is sufficient. Amen. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 3. And verse number 12. Just a touch. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 12. We're going to read that together. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses was put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their mind were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be turned, taken away. Now the Lord of that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, in the glory, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we're going to go to our supper today. We're going to do that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 through 15, the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter number 3, verse 9 through verse number 15. It's where we're going to get our subject. That was a promise that God made to Lucifer. Serpent, the devil, Satan. And we want you to know that it had been fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Just in case you keep in records. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9 is on the screen. Let's read together. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he says, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Have thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above all every beast of the field, upon thy belly shall thy go, and dust shall thy eat all the days of thy life. And here's the promise, here's the promise, verse 15. And I would put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You may take your seat. Based on Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15, in the King James Version, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So we're going to use verse number 19, the Lord crushed the serpent's head. The Lord Jesus, somebody said the Lord Jesus, Jesus. crushed the serpent head. Yeah, Father, we thank you now for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your victory, victory after victory after victory after victory from everything you have done for us so we can be in grace where the work has already been finished and we give you all the praise and the glory and honor for you an awesome God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit now teaching us, leading us, and guiding us, and helping us to understand your new covenant. To you be all the glory, Father, in Jesus' name, and through your precious blood, every soul agree with us, and amen. amen. All right, what I'd like to do today is to continue. We, we started this morning uh, on our third volume, volume number three, 
if you keep it up with numbers, it was verse thir uh, number 13. We do six tapes per series. In the first series, we had six tapes. Second series, we had six tapes. That's 12 tapes. This morning, we did number 13, and now we are on number 14. But in this teaching that we're doing, we did with the date. We want to show you because on our last, last series, uh, we start out with the word seeing on volume two, seeing the end of that which is abolished. And we gave you some words what that word abolished means, seeing the end of that which is abolished. Then we showed you Christ is the end. So those are words we've been using. If you know the word abolished, the word abolished means to put an end to. That's the word abolished. And it also means to make void, also means to destroy. So all of these things is what God did we're going to show you what he did it to just a moment. Destroy, he fulfilled, he completed, finished, done away, accomplished. All those words are the same word when something has been abolished. Old Testament is finished because Jesus came and finished it. So we have to understand that all the promises, we gave that this morning. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 19 and 20 showed you that all the promises that God had promised has already been fulfilled. And so when somebody prophesy, they are telling you what God going to do. When somebody tell you Jesus is coming again, that's why that's happening. That's why they got those earthquakes. That's why they got that fire. It's just a sign that the Lord is coming. That's a lie from hell. First of all, there was only one sign in the new covenant, and that was Christ's death, death, and resurrection. You check the scripture, that's what it says. They asked him for a sign. He said the only, only sign is given in the new covenant is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. As Jonah was spent three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. That was the only sign that was given in the new covenant. As a matter of fact, we don't live by signs. Ain't that right? But prophecy... It's what's controlling a lot of people's mind. They keep thinking, God going to do this. God going to do that. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The New Testament is in the past time. If you ever read the New Testament, sometimes just listen when I'm reading the New Testament, it's telling you everything that has been done. It's not telling you anything God going to do. God promised in the Old Covenant. He fulfilled it at the cross, and now the New Covenant tells you what God has done. Okay, so let's look at some things we, we have uh, that I've been saying on the screen. I'll be waiting for the word that's when I talk like that. For we know that if I, I don't know what, where I got that one from, but. What, what I tell you we going to? 2 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. Okay, I just want to know that you hear what I said. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Okay, that's where we going. Okay, that's why you got to get a pencil and paper. When I talk, I'm going to talk the whole service. I'm going to give you probably 50, 50 verses during the time of ministry. So you're not going to keep these in your head. <laughs> you're going to have to need a pencil and paper. Amen. Here it is. He said, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me, Savannah, and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yes. Was yeah, yes. No, no, Amen. I mean, he said, no, nay, but just all yes. And then in verse 20, it says, for all the promises, how many? All, all the promises of God in Christ is yes. That means they've already been fulfilled. And in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. So you have to understand when people are telling you what God going to do, that's a verse of scripture you can use. And no, God not going to do because the Bible says all the promises of God in Christ is, is yes. It's already been fulfilled. All right, so with that in mind, we want to move into uh, our next part of our teaching. That's, uh, I gave you uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 already. We're going to use that for our subject. But we also gave you, showing you that it's been already fulfilled. Now this morning, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and just verse 4. I'm going to go back there in a moment. But let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, just one verse. We're just going to give them a little, 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 little this morning. You have to get the tape from this morning to get it all. We're showing you here that Satan is a god of this world. But when people read that, he's not talking about 
the world you live in. So I want to be able to use this side over here as the old world. Now, we know you're not the old world, but I want to use this as the old world because this was before the cross. Now, you got you to know your place now. This was what? The old world, and this was before the cross. Okay. And it's also, if I go back to Adam, you before the flood. Oh, that's the old world. Because once they got off of the ark with Noah and his wife, they were in the new world. Are you following me? You are the new world. All right. Now, all the people who was in the flesh over there is not with us no more. Now, if you know about Noah's ark, you should have just said, yeah, that's right, Pastor. Do I have to go back and read the story of Noah's ark? To know that everybody who didn't get in the ark was destroyed? Y'all do know about Noah's ark, right? Okay, this is the old world. Everybody that didn't get in the ark was destroyed. They were left in their old world. All right, but also there was a snake in the garden called the devil. He deceived Eve. He was in the old world. He did not catch a ride to the new world. Because only somebody can come into the new world, they had to be in the ark. And that ark representing Christ means they had to be in Christ. So when you understand what I'm saying, you can see what happened when Jesus Christ came. Everybody that was not in Christ was destroyed. And only somebody went into grace, they had to be in Christ. You, the new world, you are grace. You are where the people are supposed to be. All right? Now, this is what I'm going to show you all through the Word of God. When you begin to understand the Bible, you have to be able to write and divide the Word, and you have to be able to see what God is talking about to understand. All right? That's why I did all that teaching in the book of Ephesians not long ago. You need to get all of that because you need to have the eyes of your understanding enlightened. The Bible said, in whom the God of this world. Remember, Paul said in verse number three, go back to verse three. In verse number three, there were, Israel could not accept the word of God. And why? Because they were blinded. That's why I taught about the veil. Remember, they was under the Old Testament. But if our gospel be hid, it was hid from them that are lost. Well, who was lost? Israel was lost. How do I know that? Jesus said, I come to seek and to save. That was what's lost. Well, who was lost? Israel, he was came to the law, to the law sheep. I mean, if you just get a word lost, you can see it. Then he told you why they was lost and why they was blinded. The God of this world, on this side where they were, blinded their minds. That's why they didn't believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which Paul preached, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So they did not get the word because they were blinded. Now, when you read Romans chapter number 8, 9, 10, uh, Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, all of that's about Israel, it would tell you all of that. All right, now, let's go to work. So let's go look at two verses, Hebrew chapter 2, and we're going to start reading verse 5. Now, I want to show you verse 5 through verse 9. Hebrew chapter 2. And verse 5, matter of fact, I'm going to do 5 through 10 and 14 and 15. I'm going to just go on and do that in this service. Hebrew chapter 2, verse 9. Now, he's going to tell you about this world. He said, for unto the angels has he not put in subjection, watch this, the world to come. Now, here's Paul. He's on this side. If he's on this side, which world is he in? He's in the old world. You know why? I came over here and you're supposed to know you're the old world. Amen. Trying to help you out a little bit. So Paul was before the coming of the Lord. So that put him in the old world. So read that verse again. So for unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come. So which one is the world to come? Who is this over here? You the world to come, right? You what they, they need to be. Right? 
Now, only somebody can come over here. They had to be in Christ to get into the world to come, right? So, but he did not put angels in subjection to the world to come over here where we speak. But one in a certain place testifies saying, what is man that thou mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? Now we're talking about Christ, right? Amen. Thou made him a little lower. This is how he was when he came into the world. God made him a little lower than angels, a little lower than Elohim, a little lower than angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. That's two different things just happened. First he made him lower than angels. Then he crowned him with glory and honor. That's Philippians 2, right? When Philippians said he gave him a name above every name at the name. So he crowned him with glory and honor. So you got to hear that. Go. Two things happened. First he made him a little lower than angel. Then at the cross, after he died, buried, and raised again, God crowned him with glory and honor. Then God did set him. See, there are three things he's telling you he did. Now you set him over the works of thy hand. Well, who are the works we are? We are the new creation. We are the works of his hand. Just like over here, if I go back to Genesis and I read the story of Adam, God did set Adam over the works of his hands. Right? That's Genesis chapter 1, right? He set Adam over the works of his hand. Just like he set Christ over the works of his hand over here in the new creation. Then God said, thou did put all things in subjection under his feet. But then Paul saw something, and he's going to say something. He said, God put all things on his feet, in subjection on his feet. For in that he put all things under, under him, he left nothing that's not put under him. But then he said, but we don't see it now. He said, but now we see not yet all things put under him, because death hadn't happened yet. Christ hadn't come. So, but he says, but we see Jesus. So all things are not yet put under him, we don't see it yet, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, this is what he did. He tasted death for every man. So Jesus died for every man. Now, if man don't get salvation, it's not going to be based why, it's not going to be based why he didn't die, because he died for every man. All right? For as much then... As the children are partake of the flesh and blood, talking about Jesus, Christ also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, watch what he did, through death he might destroy him. What did he do with him? Who is the him? Who is the him? You over here say something. Who is the, who is the him? He destroyed him. Who did he destroy? If you just look at your subject, you'll tell you who he destroyed. I give you the answer, and I come back and ask you the question. Who did he destroy? Who did he crush? Right, that's all I'm asking. Do you know who he destroyed? Right. He destroyed him that had the power of death. If he had the power of death, he does not have the power of death no more. Who has the power of death now? Let me go on this side. This, these people in this world ought to know. I thought he had all power. Y'all forgot that already? All power. Ah, Y'all don't know who got all. Ah, keep going. He had a, the devil had the power of death. That is the devil. And watch what he did. Now he delivered them who feared death of all their lifetime, sub is abundant. Now, can you put that verse right there in the NLT? Let me do the NLT. Because in the NLT, it's going to tell you that people was afraid to die. For unto the angel has he not put in subjection the world to come. Oh, you're going to do it all. Okay. Just do that. What, what verse I was that? Verse 15? Verse 15. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See, once you get saved or get into, the, into Christ and now you're in grace, you don't have fear of dying. 
So you got to understand, if you're still afraid of dying, you need to come on that side. And the only way you get over there, you got to be in Christ. That's why Jesus said in John 14 6, I am the way. He's talking about to get over there. I'm the truth and the life. No man can come over here but by me. Right? Right. So you got to come by the cross. See, the cross set between the two hours. All right. Now, we have talked about the thing that God had saved us from. There were five things I told you that God saved us from. When he saved you, he delivered you from these things. The first one was called the law. We saw that, the law of sin and death. So we saw the law, then we saw sin, then we saw death. So he already saved. See, on you on this side, you've been saved from the law where you were not under law, but you've been saved from a law of sin. See, so you're saved from a law of sin and death. And you were saved from hell. Now, what hell mean the grave? Because people already told you when the Lord comes, I'm going to show you the Lord already came. People are telling you the Lord came. Let me say this here. If you said the Lord came, you're still in prophecy. And you're believing 2 Corinthians 1.20 did not really happen. I just told you in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in Christ is yes. That means he's already done those. So if you don't believe Christ has come, like 90-some percent of church folk, 95 plus, they don't believe Christ has come, they believe he's coming. Well, if you believe he, you don't believe that God would is true, because you believe in religion and tradition, because that's what they teach. Your Bible told you Christ has come. And I'm going to show you in the word of God. And the devil has already been defeated. And the Bible has already showed you that God crushed the serpent's head. He has fulfilled his word. See, that's why you got people still scared of the devil. They spend so much time on the devil. They got to crush that devil's head. They got to put that devil on their feet. They take the whole first hour just getting rid of the devil. You know, I heard a guy, I heard a guy he was in praise and worship serving, and I mean, he would absolutely just stop and say, crush that crush that. He had that thing down there. He think every time he just think, he thought he would just crush that down. They would spin, and then you know you spin your feet. Just get that down. I'm here to help you out. That's not something you got to do. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Yeah, that's, but that's what the Lord did. He's already done all of that. Amen. All right, so when he's sitting on the throne, now I want to show you in, in, in 2 Timothy 1, 8, because I just showed you the last enemy that will be destroyed. Did I ever show you that yet? Yeah. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. All right, I showed to you the first service, not the second service. So the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. But let me show you death has been destroyed because I can't go back there anymore. That was in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15, I think it was. We read verse 20 through 28 where it said that, in case you forgot. It said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I can give you that much, verse 20. I was reading verse 20. Okay, what verse is 26, right? All right. Go to verse 25. Back up. Okay, let's do that first, but let's do verse 10 only. Here we go. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Here's what he did. He has abolished death. He's already destroyed death. Put an end to death. Remember, we gave you all the words what abolished is, remember? He has abolished death. He has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's already done that. Now let's go over here and look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 25. In verse 25, he must reign till he has put all enemies on his feet. See, if you read this out of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and Timothy is like four years apart. Timothy is after Corinth. All right, so he had to reign till he put all enemies on his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So you go to 2 Timothy 1 and 10. Now let's go back to 2 Timothy 1 and 10. So he said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Well, 2 Timothy 1 and 10 told you he destroyed death. See, 
but it now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. So he's already done all this. You have to understand that, okay? And so when you get to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, you'll see that he's done these things. I'm not going there right now because I got too far to go. I told the people this morning that I'm going to start. I'm not going to go through all this again because I'm trying to get somewhere. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and 3 and 4 one more time because I want you to underline a word because we're going to look at that word a lot today. And if you study this word, you'll begin to see uh, what he's talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, just those two verses. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. I showed you that was Israel. They was under the old covenant, and they were lost because they were under the law. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. That's why they did not believe, because they were under the law. So if you sit under a teaching where people teach you the law, you're never going to believe anything. I mean, you don't have anything to give you to help you to believe. You have to be taught the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God on the salvation to everyone that believes. That's why you can't believe without me preaching the gospel to you. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine under them. Okay? Now, I gave you that. I gave you just that because I want to show you that verse 4 says that the devil is the God of this world. Is what I want to show you, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, just one verse. He is the God. Do you see that little G-O-D? He's the God of this world. All right. Now, hear my point. He's the God of this world. You understand? He's not, a, he's not the God of the world to come. He's the God of this world. Now, let me show you a couple, two or three places where Jesus Christ taught this at so we can understand. Now, let's go to the Gospel of St. Matthew. Let's do, put these down. Matthew 19, 27, 28. We're going to give you three. Mark chapter 10, verse 20, 28 and 30. I gave you Matthew 19, 27, 28. And I'm giving you Mark 10, 28 and 30. Then Luke 18, 28 through 30. All of these are going to say the same thing, but you're going to get what Jesus taught that about this world and the world to come. So you'll understand that when the Bible talks about this, this world, he's talking about on this side. When he's talking about the world to come, he's talking about grace. See, they were, they were Jesus was as Noah. That's why he said, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. All right? Well, the Son of Man, when he, when he came, he ended the old world and they that dwelled in it. That's why Matthew 3, 7 says, uh, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So they know when Jesus came, he was coming to destroy the world on this side, those that didn't want God. Just like the flood, the flood came and destroyed the old world, but took those who were in Christ to a new world. See what the ark did? The ark went up and it went to the mountain, sat down, let them off. So he, the, the ark, not only this, the water didn't only destroy the old world, but it took people to the new world. And all they had to do was get off and walk down to the new world. God did all that. All right, here we go. So let's go to Matthew. Matthew 19, 27. Then answered Peter and said to him, Behold, we have forsaken all. Now he's telling them about eternal life, each one of these stories. He said, we have, we, have, we have forsaken all, and we followed you. What shall we have, therefore? See, Jesus gave me the leave. He gave me to tell them what they're going to have. Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, that you which have followed me. In the regeneration. Now, if you're sitting here in this service, where is the regeneration? I'm trying to see that they know what they got over there. That's why I came over here. You need to be marking that in your Bible. You are the ones in the, new gen in the regeneration. Those people over there were not regenerated. What does it mean to be regenerated? What is generation? Y'all mothers. You give birth. Okay. You talk about generation. Gene-oration. 
Not that Gene back there. I can bother him a day of day is his birthday. I can, I can get on that brother today. All right. Now, over here, watch what he says. In the regeneration, when is that is? Over there. When the Son of Man sit on his throne, his glory, you also, he's talking to his 12 disciples, you also going to be able to come over on his side, and you're going to sit on 12 thrones, but you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You're not being judged over here. See, that's another part of this teaching when I get to, because people think, we got to all stand before the Lord and be judged. That's, that's these people. Because when Christ comes, that's what he comes to do. See, but people think, we got to, what you going to be judged for? No, let me ask these folks over here. What are you judged for? What is he judging you for? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he judges you because you are a new creation. They are therefore now no. There ain't no condemnation you in Christ. What are you going to judge you for? See, that's the kind. You don't stand before a judgment seat. You, you're for, you before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Come boldly. See, if you just listen to what people say, the only problem is they don't know who they're talking to. All right, let's finish. Let's, for the word of God, no. stay where you oh. Matthew 10, am I, am I in Matthew or Mark now? Mark. All right, now Mark. Mark says, Peter began to say to them, we have left all. I don't think I finished up just in the generation, right? Well, we have finished this one. Then Peter began to say to them, Lord, we left all. We followed you. I'm waiting on the next verse 29. And Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say to you, there no man that left house. You see what he's talking about over here, natural. See, no man have left house, brother, sister, father, mother, wife, children, land. All that stuff over here is natural for my name's sake in the gospel. Over here, that's why people promising you over here all this natural stuff. People trying to get your money on TV, they're trying to promise you stuff over here. God can't do nothing until you open your hand. And there you are, open that hand. Keep going. But he shall receive, watch what he's told him over here. He's talking to the guys over here. He said, but you're going to receive now in this time, now you ought to be able to get it now. Now in this time, brother, sister, mother, children, because that's all you can get over here. See, that's the inheritance. But you're going to get it with persecution, and they're going to be persecuted in, Act, in the book of Acts. But in the world to come, what you get over here? Y'all, I'm going to ask you again. You're about writing it down. First, I told you you get regeneration. Now I told you you got eternal life. Don't be over here talking about, oh, no, what did he say? What did he say? Let's go to the next one. So he gave, told you in that world, you're going to get regeneration. Over that world, regeneration means a new birth, right? right? Didn't you get it? Over here in this world, you got what? Second. Just told you that one. Eternal life. Some of y'all said, <laughs> let me ask you, what did you just get second over here? I just asked you, you didn't say a word. Okay, I'm on the wrong side. That's probably what happened. Let's go back over here. Here we go. We're in Luke now. Luke 18, 28. Then Peter think you see the same thing? But you got to read all three books to find out all three different things that he said. Then Peter said, Lord, we have left all and followed you. What are we going to have? And he said to them, Verily, verily, I said to you, there's no man that had left. Watch what they left over here. Peter left all this and followed Jesus. They left their houses. They left their parents. They left their brothers. They left their wives. They left their children. But they left it for what reason? For the kingdom of God. Well, where's the kingdom of God at? Now, I'm coming over here to help you out to know where is that. I'm asking you, where is it? It has to be on this side in the new world, right? In the world to come. They don't have no kingdom of God over there. They kingdom over there is natural. That's why when the Jesus rose from the dead, the first thing they asked Jesus in Acts chapter 1, Lord, will you restore again the kingdom to Israel? To Israel. Because they know their kingdom was natural. God didn't promise you a natural kingdom. He promised you a heavenly kingdom, which is Christ. Okay, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. Did I finish that? Then it said, who shall receive, watch this, manifold. The word manifold just means many-fold, like a lettuce. A lettuce, an onion, a cabbage. It's many 
fold. You have to keep the wisdom of God as many fold. When you learn one little page, you just learn one little page. You keep doing that, you'll be all day long. You can't get that thing. That's how the word of God is, manifold. Who shall receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come? That's you. Now don't forget this because I'm setting you up. I gave you all of that. Satan is a god of what world? The old world. Old world, which has been on this side. Okay, that don't mean, y'all, don't look at me like that. I'm just using for an example, okay? Gene, you're not in this world, okay, brother? All right. Now, let's go, let's go show you. Let's go show you. This morning I gave you, uh, gave you Matthew, and I'm not going to go back to Matthew again. I'm going to go to Revelation chapter number 12, verse 7 through 9. Write these down. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. The, I'm done with Luke now. I did Matthew, Mark, Luke just a while ago. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Then I'm going to do Revelation 20, 7 through 10. So write those down. But before I do Revelation 20, 7 through 10, I got to do Revelation 19, 11 through 21. So Revelation 12, 7 through 9, Revelation 19, 11 through 21, then Revelation 20, 7 through 10. But before I can do that, I got to go back and do 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8, one more time. Well, let's do that in the King James. 2 Thessalonians. Because this is what people at. 95% of church people do not believe the Lord has come. As a matter of fact, people think I'm crazy because I do. But if you read the Bible, it'll tell you. And that's what I do. I, I'm a student. All right, here we go. Now, when, now we beseech you, brothers, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica. I'm just trying to see what you know with the book you at. All right, Thessalonica. And I gather together unto him. Now, he told them this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians, he already told them that in chapter 4, verse 13. But I gather together unto him, right? So now he writes another book. He said, I don't want you to be soon shaken in mind or trouble, neither by spirit or by word or letter from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. So he called that the coming of Christ and the day of Christ or the day of the Lord. Let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now he called him another name. Who opposes, exalt himself above all that's called God, that's worship, all that's worship, so that he as God will be sitting in the temple of God. Hello, the temple been destroyed. Hello, the temple already been destroyed. So he can't be sitting in the temple doing your day. Matter of fact, if you get a chance, you got to Google at home. We got a little round Googles all through the house. They just run their mouth all the time. But, but anytime, you got to Google on your phone and, because they think you're talking to them. But then, but then uh, you have a Google on your phone where you say, hey, Google, when, when did Jerusalem was destroyed? When was Jerusalem destroyed? Plain and simple, A.D. 70. Probably going to say, you knew that, didn't you? <laughs> anyway. Okay, but, this, but, but the temple been destroyed in AD 70, okay? So the temple's not being destroyed today. So when you look at the Bible and say he's going to be as God, sitting in the temple of God, it cannot be over there now, right? You've you got to be honest and say there's no temple, right? Who opposes, let me tell you this here, it was the Lord who destroyed the temple. So if you think that the temple coming back, it ain't. The Lord destroyed the temple. Why did he do that? so he can build another one. How many know what the temple is today? Yeah. All right, everybody get in on that. No, you're not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Right, it's not natural no more. So he destroyed the old so he can give us the new. This, this guy opposed it and exalted himself all that are called God or that is worship so that he has God sitting in the temple of God showing himself that he's God. Do you understand? At that time, this man sat in the temple of God. It was a fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy. So somebody can find that in their Bible. They got Daniel said that. We can go back to Daniel where he said that. 
No, you have to find that, get the verse and everything. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. Now you know what beholdeth he that he might be revealed in his time. Then he's going to tell you, for the mystery of iniquity has already worked, but he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. Now he says, then shall that wicked, talk about the devil, Satan, be revealed whom the Lord shall consume. Watch when the Lord going to consume him. And how? With the spirit of his mouth. He's going to consume him with his words. Remember the word, the word of God is the power of God, right? He's going to consume him with his words of his mouth. And he's going to destroy him with the brightness of his coming. So we see when the Lord comes, he's going to destroy Lucifer who's sitting in the temple. Do everybody see that? It's spiritual. It's the same way it is now. It's when you get Christ in you, he destroys the Satan that's in your temple because when he comes in, he kicks the devil out. But anyway, we won't even go to that. We're going to deal with it naturally. All right? Now, that has happened. I gave you verse 8. Did I stop at verse 8? All right. Now let's go to Revelation 1st chapter 12, right? Verse 7 through 9. There was war in heaven. This is what Revelation, see a lot of people don't know about Revelation. We have already taught Revelation here. All right, through our Bible classes. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels. And Michael is not Christ. Michael was the leader of the angelic host. Just like Gabriel was the leader of the messengers. So when God's going to dispatch angels from heaven, if it was war, he would send Michael. If it was a word to give somebody, it would be Gabriel. Okay, so those were two angels. Keep going. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. See? Fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels. And prevailed not, neither were there place found anymore in heaven. Remember, heaven at that time was not where the Lord is and where you are. It was Jerusalem. That was heaven on earth. Jerusalem and the temple was called heaven, okay? All right. And the dragon, and the great dragon was cast out. Here's some name. The dragon, the serpent, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And then the Bible said the next verse, and his angel was cast out. Now, these was a group of angels that Jude, Jude talked about. They were reserved in chains until the Lord returned. Okay, now where are you reading that right now, whatever you are, do you do the verse I just asked for? Okay, would you go to Jude, the book of Jude, start with verse number one. Jude is a very small book, but it's going to tell you about those fallen angels that fell with uh, Lucifer. They were already in chains. So if you ever read the book of Jude, don't tear the book up if it's stuck to your page. It's a little small book of Jude before you get to Revelation. Okay, so I'm saying that for the person in the back, so they'll know what Jude at two back there. All right, Jude is not but one book, so verse one. Oh, here we go. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James. Now, remember, James was beheaded. To them that are sanctified by God, talking to the church of God, sanctified by God, the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Remember I told you you've been called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now watch what he tells them. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was, was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend. Now remember, this is not your gospel. Contend for the faith which was delivered to the saint. That's why I had to tell you in this church, you were not the saints. Okay, so you know, but good morning, saints. You hear people say, I said good morning, saints. I said good. Just like, I'm like, would you sit down because you don't do talk <laughs> To myself, I don't say it to people. But he's going to say it. He said, now there are certain men crept in unawares who was before of old over here ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That was those guys that showed up over here. And it says, I would therefore put you in remembrance that though you knew this, how that the Lord had saved the people out of the hand of Egypt. Now he's giving them 
because they know that's how God did with Moses. He saved them out of the hand of the Egyptians. After he destroyed them that believed not. Remember, he saved the one out of Egypt. Then he destroyed the, all those who didn't believe. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, these were the ones that were cast out. Now, slow down now. And the people, which kept not, angels, I'm sorry, which kept not their first estate, first estate left their own habitation. See, that's, that was Jerusalem. He has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness. Watch how long? Until the judgment of the great day. Until the Now that's when Christ came back. So if Christ did never come back, these angels are still in chains. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving himself over to fornication and going to strange flesh, setting forth an example of suffering, the vengeance of eternal fire. Remember, that's how the old world was destroyed, with eternal fire coming from the Lord when he came. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers, defiled flesh, despised dominion, speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, see, he picks that back up again by Michael, the archangel, remember the archangel? He can't be Christ. Now, you ought to say something. Amen. You know, Jesus ain't no archangel. He's the son of the living God, right? He's both Lord and Christ. He's not an angel. All right, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. So Michael, one of God's angels, was released to go get the body of Moses. Moses had died on the mountain. So Michael had to go get this body, and then Satan met him there because he is the angel of death. Anybody know what I'm saying? So that's why you have to understand that the devil had the power of death. So he had already, God had already sent Moses there because he knew he had to go there and die. So now Michael went, Michael went to get him up, and Satan didn't want that because I'm the one who, who put him here. Watch what happened. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending, contending, that's fighting, with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, watch how he had to defeat him. The Lord rebuke you. See, he had to use the Lord's name. He couldn't do it. The only thing the devil would, would, would listen to is the Lord. Okay? So he said, the Lord rebuke you. Then he said, but these speak evil of these things. Now that's the end of that subject. But these speak evil of those things which they knew not, but what they knew naturally. See, all those people who were talking about the old covenant only talk about things they knew naturally. As brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves because they only talk about things naturally and they don't know what they're talking about. All right, I'm done with that. Now let's go back to the two things. Revelation chapter number 12, verse 7. Did I do those already? If it is, I'm going to Revelation. I'm going to Revelation. Okay, I'm going to the next one, Revelation 19 and 10. And I, no, I didn't start at verse 10. Revelation 19, what, what verse I started? 11 through 21. Okay. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white, throne, a white horse. Now, this was the Lord. How do I know that? Because he that set up on the horse was called faithful. You know that's the Lord, right? Faithful and true. Come on, now say amen. amen. Right. Faithful and true, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. So he came back now because Jesus told you in Matthew 24, when you see Jerusalem come past about with armies, know that the time is not. Because that's the time he came back. Please stay there. Stay right there. Don't go nowhere. Yo. Verse 11 again so I can connect. And I saw heaven open in a great in a white horse, and he that sat up on the horse was called faithful and true, and righteousness does he judge and make war. Okay, here he come back now. His eyes was as a flame of fire. Remember, this is the same one he saw in the book of Revelation chapter 1 when John saw him. Okay, he had many crowns on his head, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vessel dipped in his blood. His name is called the Word of God. And his armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. 
clothed in linen, fine linen, white and clean. Here they come as an army. Out of his mouth goes the sharp sword that will, with it he will smite the nations. See? With the wood of his mouth. He shall rule them with the rod of iron and going to tread the wine press of the filters of the wrath of God, of the Almighty God. And he had on his vestal, like they have on their chest, their vestal, and on their thigh, they cover their thighs, a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. Somebody say that with me, King of King, King, of King. and Lord of Lords. Lord. All right, next verse, and I saw an angel standing in the sun. Now this angel was absolutely standing in the sun. The sun was shining through him. And he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourself. Because they know good and well the Lord is coming and he's coming to destroy all those that did not believe in him. So he says, don't, don't go that fast. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls, all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come gather yourself together unto the great until the supper of the great God. I'm getting ready to feed you flesh. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, because when the Lord comes, the Lord comes to kick. You figure the rest out. That all they may eat of the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of men, mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free, and bond both small and great. The Lord is coming. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and the armies gather themselves to make war against him that sat on the horse, the white horse, and against his army. So there's all these armies are coming against Jerusalem. And here come one man with his army in the, in the sky. And the beast was taken. You know who the beast was? Let me show you one verse. Let me show you one verse. Let's look at Daniel 17, 7, right? 7, 17. I'm backward. I got it back. Daniel chapter 7, verse 17. Mark this in your Bible, please, because you have to know what beasts are in the Scripture. So he's not talking about, ah. That's what he tried to show you on TBN. The mark of the beast. Then they got this man turned into a beast. That ain't enough with this. Probably you want to say, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Wasting God's money. Because people don't read the Bible. These great beasts, which are four. So you study the book of Daniel, there are four beasts. And the four beasts are four kings. So you need to make sure you mark that in your Bible. You walk around here talking about no beast. That beast over there in Revelation. You don't want to hear me to hear you say that. And they're going to ride out of the earth. They're going to rise out of Israel, the earth, the promised land. Four kings. Oh, let's go back. Okay. Go back to where I was. I was in Revelation. Nineteen, I'll read eleven through twenty-one and verse twelve. Verse twenty says, "And the beast was taken." Now you know who that is now, right? Satan. He's called the beast, right? He was taken, and with him the false prophet. <laughs> there you go. Talking about he's from God. Hallelujah. And that wrought miracles. Remember that we already went through that because that's what the devil did. Come do all the miracles. The devil, Satan gave him all that power to do the miracles because he's deceiving people. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought the miracle before him, with which the, he deceived them would have received the mark of the beast. So now you know the mark of the beast was in your past, not in your future. So stop being scared to go to Disney World, would you? <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, I ain't putting that thing. No, girl, I ain't putting that thing on me, glory to God. Man, you've got to be watching too much TV. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles with him was to see them that had received past hand, had received, that's past hand, had received the mark of the beast, and them that worship his image, past hand. That's not your future. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. They are, they already been cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 
And you got people to tell you, yeah, you got to rewatch this stuff now because that mark of that beast. See, that's where you got to get out of it. You heard that up in here, you run. Here it is, verse 21. And the remnant was slain. These are the people that followed Jesus Christ. They were slain with a sword. And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. I'm sorry, those people who were left, they were slain. Which proceeded out of his mouth. That's when the Lord came in his sword. All the fire were filled with their flesh. Then he said, come eat. All right, let's go to the last one. Now, I mean, this will be Revelation 20, right? 20, verse 7 through 10. And when they, the thousand years were expired, remember that Satan had been loose for a thousand years? People think the thousand years is your future. Listen, and when the thousand years are expired, past that, Satan shall be loose out of his prison. Remember, the angel had put him in the prison and locked it up? That's Old Testament. There is no devil in the New Testament. So he's talking about what end, how this ended over here. And she'll go out and deceive the nation. Listen, he's a deceiver. That's all he can do. Why do you think the Lord let him out? So he can go deceive some more. <laughs> he went out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, which was Israel. Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is at the sand of the sea. And they went out, they went up on the breadth of the earth. Israel, and compassed the camp of the saints in Jerusalem, the beloved city. Told you, didn't it? So they can't be all over the earth over here because we ain't got no beloved city for them to camp. <laughs> if you just listen to what the Bible says, you. Right. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city. And then when that happened, fire Fire from God, fire came down from God. Well, I just showed you in Thessalonians, when he come, he can come as a consuming fire, right? Yeah. And then, right, right, here he is. When they, when they came against Jerusalem, the beloved city, the fire came down from God out of heaven and did what? Devoured them, devoured them. So he's telling you what happened to them. Those people destroyed by fire. Well, that happened when the Lord came. So if the Lord hadn't come, that didn't happen yet. And the book of Revelation is not done yet. Because most people tell you, well, we're in the fourth chapter. I said, why are we in the fourth? That's what they told me when I was in cemetery. I mean, seminary. <laughs> they told me I was in the fourth chapter. And I asked him, I said, well, why are we in the fourth chapter? He said, because you read it. Can we just read it one time? Hold right away. Let's go to the fourth chapter of Revelation. <laughs> See, I'm a young preacher. I don't know no better. No, we're in the fourth chapter right now. They're arguing. arguing. All the preachers are arguing. I go, how do you know we're in the fourth chapter? Read it. And the fourth chapter said, after this I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as was a trumpet talking to me and he said, here it is, come up hither. So we can't, we haven't left yet. So it can't be that. We're not in the fourth chapter yet because that fourth chapter said, come up hither. We haven't come up hither yet. When I, when I finally learned what it was, I tried to find that preacher. I wanted to write him a letter or send him a bump, I mean something. <laughs> People don't know what they be talking about and if you follow them, you be lost too. Come up here though. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loose a little out of his prison. Okay, in verse number eight, he shall go out to see the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle in the number of whom is the center of the sea. Next verse says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and they, camped, they, they compassed the camp of, of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now remember, when you go back and read Matthew to go with this, you'll find out that Jesus told them, When you seek Somebody can just find this from a Daniel prophesied and Jesus told him, when you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies. In Matthew 24, he told them, you run to the mountains and you hide because when I come, I can't pick you out when it's fire come. So you got to run into, into the mountain and get onto the ground because when I come, I'm burning everything up. That's what Jesus told him. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. Just want to let you know where he is today. He's resting real good. 
Yes, sir. And the devil that deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night to next year. Maybe five years. Maybe he had a five-year sentence. How many give him 50? How many said it was 100? How many said 2,000? Maybe he's going to get out soon. No, he'll never get out. Forever and forever and forever and forever. So there is no getting out of Lucifer. That does not mean they are not demons. But there's no more devil. Okay? He did not come into the new world. All right, now with that in mind, did I give you anything else out there? Because I'm, I'm getting ready to go. Go to John chapter 8, verse 21 through 24. John chapter 8, verse 21 through 24. You want to put down the word this world. Because I'm going to do a teaching. Uh, under one of my teachings, I'm going to be showing you the seed of the woman. And to do that, I'm going to have to show you the seed of the serpent. Because it was the seed of the serpent that killed Jesus. Because Jesus was the seed of the woman. But now we're going to just talk about this world. I've got a few minutes left. With a God. John chapter 8, verse 21 through 24. Then said Jesus again to them, I go my way and you shall seek me. He's talking to people over here. Jesus did not minister to the people on that side. He ministered to the people on this side. Because his whole point was so they could see the light and come out of darkness. Darkness was on this side. But once you cross over into grace, you are now in the light. Now walk in the light as you's in the light, as he's in the light. Can you understand? So you have to see Genesis where the evening... That's what's, over, what's happening over here. Evening, Jesus died in the evening, and now the morning will come. And that's where you're at in the morning. So that's why Jesus rose from the dead and began a new day in the morning. Okay? John chapter number, I'm getting ready here. Then Jesus said again to them, I go my way, you shall seek me, and you're going to die in your sins on this side. You can't die in your sins over there. If you're in grace. You understand? I'm talking to the church. I'm not ministering to the world. Once you're in Christ, see, because you're not saved, you're still over here. And you're going to die in your sin because your sin is in your flesh. But once you're in Christ, you have to leave the old world, which is your flesh, and move to the new world, which is Christ. Over here, you're in Adam. Over there, you're in Christ. Everybody understand that? Yes. All right. It says, then said Jesus again to them, I go my way and you shall seek me. You're going to die in your sins. Whether I come, whether, whether I go, you cannot come. Well, where was Jesus going? To the new world. Then said the Jews, would he kill himself because he said, whether I go, you cannot come? They said to them, well, I don't know what he says. Jesus said, look, you from beneath. I'm from above. So the people on this side is from beneath. The folk on this side is from. So that means you are from heavenly places. God looks at the church as from above, not on earth. You are heavenly. You are from above. So every good gift and every perfect gift comes from everything you get comes from the Lord. You're from above. All right, let's finish that because I got I to gotta get done. All right. All right, he said to them, you are from beneath. That's over here. Beneath is earth. I'm from above, which is heaven. Then he's going to say this. You are of this world. How I many know that, that, what world he's talking about? The old world. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not of this world. What world was he from? He from above. So when he came, what did he come to do? He came to take people that was of this world into that world, just like 
Moses came to take people out of Egypt, that world, into the promised land, which was a type of heaven itself. So if you didn't, if you didn't come out of this world with Moses, it's because you didn't believe. If you heard what I said, you ought to say amen. amen. Because if I read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 right now, all these people in this world were baptized. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians, check my time, brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. All the people in this world. All the people in this world. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Somebody heard it. Act like you heard it then. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, this is Paul preaching to the ones on this side. Moreover, brethren, I will not have you ignorant, brethren. He didn't call them ignorant brothers now. He said, I will not have you to be ignorant. All right, he didn't say, I didn't, all right, ignorant brothers. No, he didn't say that. Moreover, brother, I would not have you to be ignorant. <laughs> How that all our father was under the cloud, and all of them passed through the sea, and they all were baptized under Moses in the cloud in the sea, and they all ate that same spiritual meat. They all drank that same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them all of them over here. But, but with many of them, God would not well please. They died in the wilderness. They never made it to the other side. And Hebrew told them, thank you, Hebrew told them in chapter 3 and verse 1. Can you show me the last verse in chapter 3 of Hebrews that we've done? The only reason those people died in the wilderness is because they did not believe. So don't let nobody fool you about, well, they got to be baptized or what? That's not why they died in the wilderness. They were baptized. See then, they could not enter in. They couldn't come over here. They couldn't come into grace for one reason, because of unbelief. My time is up. I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.